We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions, or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Oh, Ezekiel saw the wheel way up in the middle of the air. Okay. And then the dry bones. Dim bones, dim yeah, bones, see? dim dry bones. See, Ezekiel's a great book it for is. all the songs and stuff. It is. So now, I guess we'll jump to our normal intro, and we'll say... <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another one of our conversations with Dan. And if you haven't guessed, we're going to continue in our series of talking about kind of the big picture point. And today's topic is going to be the book of... Ezekiel. Ezekiel. It's a big book. Yes, it's a wonderful book. Okay, so we're going to try to dive in, and I I promise I won't do this every week, but just to kind of give the backup, we're really trying to drill down to this big picture that you can fit all the other stuff into the story. What of are that the book? big themes of the book that hold it all together? Yeah, and I know that means we can't cover everything, but that's where your questions come in, your comments come in. So send those in to us. Whether you're listening on podcasts, you're watching on YouTube, watching on Facebook, all these different places. If you send those in, we're going to start gathering some of them together and do a comment response video to the last couple of them. Either next week or the week after. Sounds good. We'll see. So here we go. Let's get down to it about Ezekiel this week. I guess I should open up there. Yeah, let's open our Bibles to the book of Ezekiel. And um, our point in these sessions is to show you the major themes of a book, what the whole book is about, and how the little parts fit into the whole. First of all, the book of Ezekiel is not in chronological order. Um, If you'll notice, read me verse 1 there of chapter 1, Jed. Sure. In the third, in the thirtieth year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the exiles by the Kebar Kebar Canal, the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. Now you'll notice he says the thirtieth year, in the fourth month, and the fifth day. That's the thirtieth mm-hmm. year of the captivity. Okay, but if you'll turn real quickly, Jed, to chapter thirty-three, verse twenty-one. Okay. Chapter 33, verse 21, and there are different time references through the book. Yeah, and this is somewhere not quite the middle. 33, verse verse 21. 21, okay, pages are sticking together. Verse 21, in the twelfth year of our exile, in the tenth month, on the fifth day of the month, a fugitive from Jerusalem came to me and said, the city has been struck down. All right, so you'll notice chapter 1, verse 1 is in the 30th year, the fourth month, and the fifth day. But mm-hmm. chapter 33, verse 21 is in the 12th year. Mm-hmm. So Ezekiel had already been a captive for 12 years when Jerusalem fell. Yeah. He was already in Babylon when Jerusalem fell. And a lot mm-hmm. of his prophecy has to do with what was going on before the, the time leading up to Jerusalem's fall. Mm-hmm. And then the time after Jerusalem's fall. So it's all about that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, everybody knows the songs like Ezekiel saw the wheel. That's this vision in chapter 1, which is of God and his throne flying mm-hmm. around the heavens. And you've got mm-hmm. the cherubim and the wheels and all this kind of stuff. 
We've talked in other videos about the fact that the Ark of the Covenant with the cherubim on top uh, was a representation of God's throne, but the, Ezekiel sees God's real throne. God yeah. is the real king of the universe, mm -hmm. and he's flying around all over the heavens, see? And uh, Ezekiel is in captive captivity, and he's watching God's throne fly around the heavens. Well, he's not at home. He's not in Judah. He's not in mm -hmm. Israel. He, his, his place has been torn down. And he's, he's a captive, but God is still on his throne. So yeah. like Daniel, sort of. And it's an interesting thing that a lot of Ezekiel's visions are related to the temple and God. Because Ezekiel, oh. it, it does mention here in the opening, but Ezekiel was slated to be a priest. Ezekiel was a priest according to verse 3. Yeah. And that is very important, and I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Because uh, it is a lot about God's real temple and God's real dwelling place. Yeah. In Ezekiel chapter 2, after he sees God's throne, God says to him from this throne, um, I want to speak to you in the spirit fills uh, uh, Ezekiel. And then in chapter 2, verse 9, read 9 and 10 there for me. Okay. It says, And when I looked, behold, a hand was stretched out to me. Behold, a scroll of a book was in it. And he spread it before me, and it had writing on the front and the back, and there written on it were words of lamentation, mourning, and woe. And of course, you see this same thing in the book of Revelation, but that's not what we're here to discuss today. Keep <laughs> reading the first couple of verses of chapter 3. Okay. He said to me, Son of man, eat whatever you find here. Eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and gave, and he gave me this scroll to eat. So he takes the scroll and open up, say, ah, shoves it down his throat. Now keep reading the verse or so. Okay. And he said to me, son of man, feed your belly with this scroll that I give you. Fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. And he goes on to tell him that it's, it's sweet as honey in your mouth because it's God's word, but it's mm. going to tear your stomach up because it's a bad message about bad things that are happening to Israel. And nobody's going to listen. Yeah. Nobody's going to care. And so if you read the next couple of chapters at verse 16, you've got a big warning. Uh, in chapter 4, Ezekiel plays army in the dirt to show the destruction of Jerusalem and what's coming. Yeah. And you have a bunch of these prophecies. Uh, chapter 7, the end has come, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, a key touch point in the book of Ezekiel is chapters 8 through 10 because okay. chapters 8 through 10 are a vision of God's presence leaving his temple and yeah. leaving Jerusalem. So he's lifted up. God actually like takes him by the hair and pulls him up and takes him in a vision to Jerusalem because remember, he's off in Babylon. Right. And God takes him by the hair to Jerusalem and there he sees the glory of the Lord and he sees the temple. And down in verse 6 and following, uh, he has this dream where God tells him to dig a hole in the wall of the temple mm -hmm. and look inside. And he sees the elders of Israel worshiping idols and doing yeah. all this bad stuff in God's temple, mm -hmm. you know. And so uh, if you'll notice um, the in verse 4 of chapter 8, okay. he sees the glory of the Lord. And down at verse, uh, what verse is it? Uh well, it's not. It's in chapter ten, but in in this chapter, he sees all the bad stuff, all the idolatry that's mm -hmm. going on, all the elders of Israel, the leaders yeah. leading in the idolatry. Then chapter nine, which is also key in the book of Revelation, 
he sees this vision of these six guys with their killing instruments, their mm-hmm. weapons coming. Yeah. And there's one little scribe following him with a little scribal kit dressed in white. <laughs> and the vision says in chapter 9, verse 4, read it for us. He says to the little scribe. Yeah, the Lord says to him, pass through the city, through Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and groan over all the abominations that are committed. And read the next two with it. And to the others, he said in my hearing, pass through the city after him and strike. Your eye shall not spare and you shall show no pity. Keep going. Kill the old man outright, young men and maidens, little children and women, but touch no one on whom is the mark. And begin at my sanctuary. What's the sanctuary? That would be the Holy of Holies, like middle the of the temple. Yeah. yeah. Keep going. Uh, and begin at the sanctuary. So they began with the elders who were before the house. Okay. Mm. So you're going to go through Jerusalem and kill everyone that doesn't have my mark on their head. Yeah. And that being the ones who are faithful. That's right. And in the book of Revelation, you've got the mark on the forehead of the ones that belong to the lamb. Mm. And you've got the mark of the beast. And it actually comes from this passage in the book of yeah. Ezekiel. Okay. But the point is, God is going to move out of Jerusalem, and before he destroys it, he's going to he's going to destroy everybody except the ones that have his mark. Yeah. Then in chapter 10, okay. he sees this vision of God's glory again, and the, the throne and the wheels. Mm-hmm. And if you'll look at verse 4, the glory of God starts to leave the temple. Yeah. It goes up from the cherubim to the threshold of the house, and the house is filled with the cloud. And then the court is filled with the brightness and glory. And then you start hearing him. The wings lift. start going, yeah. whoa, 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 and, the, and the throne of God lifts up into the air. Mm-hmm. And he, he tells you about how that looks. And if you compare chapter 10, verses 9 through 14, to the vision in Ezekiel 1 of the throne mm-hmm. of God flying, you'll see that it's the same thing. Yeah. And he, t- he even says in verse uh, 15, if you'll read that, please. Let's see, verse 15, and the cherubim mounted up. These were the living creatures that I saw by the Sheber Canal. That's chapter one. There see, we go. That we read. Yeah. So, so the, it's lifting up. God is lifting up out of the temple. He's not going to live there anymore. Mm-hmm. And he's moving off. Then look at verse 18 of chapter 10. It says, The glory of the Lord went out from the threshold of the house and stood over the cherubim. And the cherubim lifted up their wings and mounted from the earth before my eyes, and they went out with the wheels beside them. They stood at the entrance of the east gate of the house of the Lord, and the glory of God of Israel was over them. All right, and if we keep reading in this passage, which we don't have enough time to, eventually the the glory of the Lord goes out over like the Mount of Olives and leaves the area mm-hmm. altogether. Mm-hmm. So God has left his temple. Yeah. See? And that's what's hap- That's why God's destroying Jerusalem, because of the people's sins. God can't live among them anymore. Yeah. See? So theologically, this goes all the way back to the beginning when God says, I want you to build me a temple and I want to live among you, but God can't yeah. stand them anymore, so he's yeah. going to leave. Yeah. There's some really important applications to us in that. Would, would it stretch all the way back to when... Adam and Eve were sent out of the garden because yes. God, yes. They, their sin couldn't exist with God anymore. The principle would. But of course, this is about the temple and sure. the Lord's dwelling place. Yeah. So in the following chapters, he talks about the exile and the false prophets mm-hmm. and the idolaters and why all this happened. And in uh, like chapters, uh, what is it, 15 or 16, he talks about Israel and Judah as two sisters that were both harlots and were unfaithful to God. Then in chapter 18, which we're familiar with, 
he talks about fathers and sons and grandsons and how you don't have to do what your father did. You can change. And that each person is responsible for their own sin. And so the end of that vision, if you'll read Ezekiel 18, 30 through 32. Okay. Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, declares the Lord God. Repent and turn from your transgressions, lest iniquity be your ruin. Cast away from you all transgressions that you have committed, and make yourselves a new heart and new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. So turn and live. So Ezekiel's a captive, and he's speaking to these people in captivity, but he still says... You don't have to be like your forefathers in this generation that mm. caused the destruction of Jerusalem. You can yeah. repent and live. So so up to this point is the point of, of Ezekiel, and we'll kind of see it play out, but so far is the point about the people and their response, or is it more about God and his sovereignty? Well, it, it's about God's judgment and how God will not live or dwell mm-hmm. among a rebellious people. Okay. And how because of their rebellion, he has left them. Okay. And uh, So he, it's almost a God does respond when people don't trust in him. Absolutely. He, he doesn't mm-hmm. just let it go. Yeah. You know, Frozen says, oh, let it go, let it go. But God does not do that. We're getting a whole musical today. Okay, yeah, we are. So turn over to chapter 33, I believe it is. Okay. Um, and we talked about how that that was uh, uh, when uh, in the 12th year when they mm-hmm. reported the fall of the city of Jerusalem. 34 is a popular chapter about shepherds and mm-hmm. the shepherds of Israel. Yeah. But in the context of this book, remember the judgment in chapter 9 and 10. He said, and begin with the elders. Yeah. Yeah. The leaders of Israel, the kings, the prophets, the priests, led right. them astray. And chapter 34 is about how they have done that and how God will call them into account for mm-hmm. leading his people astray. Yeah. But it goes back with the theme of all the rest of this. Then chapter 37, which everybody's really familiar with, dim bones. Yeah. See, at this point in Israel's history, they are dead, dry bones. Yeah. But he's telling them that they don't have to stay that way. God can breathe new life if they get a new spirit and new heart, right. which goes back to chapter 18. Mm-hmm. Repent and live. Now turn to chapter 40, and we're going to wrap this up pretty okay. quickly. I know we're trying to push forward. There's, I, I personally have questions about 38, 39, but we're going to move on from yeah, there. I'm yeah, I'm not doing it today. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. So... The, the, the significance of chapter 40 in the book, chapter 40 through 40 for the end, actually, mm-hmm. but is that chapter 40 through the end is a vision of the new Jerusalem and the new temple and the new time when the glory of the Lord can move back in right. to his house. Yeah. See, And in this 40th chapter, he talks about this guy that he sees, this angel or something that has this measuring rod. And he starts measuring everything. Mm-hmm. And you read uh, chapter 40 through 42, and you want to hurt yourself because it says he measured this, and it was, and, 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 he, and he measured this, and you just keep reading it. And you want, oh, no, I can't, I can't stand this. All I can't the architects read out there are going, but I love that uh, chapter. Nah, yeah. yeah. But then when you get to the end of chapter 42, he tells you why he's measuring the temple. Yeah. In the very last verse... So he measured the area on all four sides. It had a wall around it, 500 cubits long, 500 mm-hmm. wide to separate the holy from the common. Yep. So God wants his temple to be holy. Mm -hmm. But then in chapter 43, 
the glory of the Lord, which left the temple yeah. in chapter 10, comes mm -hmm. back to the temple. It's a vision of what can happen when the people turn back to God right. and did happen in the post-captivity period. And now, uh, then now, he describes a, the new place. This may be a quick question, but is what he's describing here actually describing like when they all return and rebuild the temple, or is this more the prophetic? Sort of both. It's sort of a dual okay. thing because these chapters, these last chapters, mm -hmm. are heavily represented in the book of Revelation mm. to describe God dwelling with his people again okay. at the end of time in the new Jerusalem. Yeah. But it also, in the time of Ezekiel, was a foreshadowing of them returning and rebuilding the temple and God yeah. re-inhabiting it in the time of Ezra and Nehemiah. So anyway, uh, the priests are centered in on this. And in chapter 44, verse 15, only the faithful priests, the, the sons of Zadok, which mm -hmm. turned out to be the Zadokim, the Sadducees, are going to be allowed oh. to be priests from okay. now on. And uh, <clears throat> then he talks about, uh, in chapter 47... Uh, in the new temple, the, the, the river of the water of life that brings everything back to life. Which again sounds vaguely like Revelation. <laughs> Revelation 22, yeah. especially <laughs> chapter 47, verse 12. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both sides of the river. Their leaves mm -hmm. will not wither. Their fruit will not fail. They'll bear fruit every month, you know, because yeah. the water of the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. That's almost quoted in Revelation 22, yeah. verse 1 and 2, all right? Okay. So the very last of it, where you see the, the whole thing come together, in the last chapter of Ezekiel, mm -hmm. and he describes the new city, the new Jerusalem, yeah. and of course it's somewhat figurative and idealistic, but if you read the last verse... Yeah, I was going to say, because the last verse says the circumference of the city will be 18,000 cubits, and the name of the city... From that time will be the Lord Butter is beam. there. Butter boom. Okay. Now see, so the Lord was there for a while. Yeah. And then he left, and now he's going to be there again. And so this was kind of when you said we're going to do Ezekiel, I wanted to kind of focus on that last little bit, and I think that you've brought it out. So maybe I'm on base. We'll see. But the point that it's making here is not rebuilding of a physical Jerusalem, because if I understand it, you're saying the new Jerusalem, but He's talking about a place where he is, not a physical named city. Yes, but God would inhabit when they came back and rebuilt Jerusalem if they turned to him. Yeah. But ultimately, in the that's, new Jerusalem, that's where, yeah. which will close with Revelation 21, okay. verses 1 through 3. Revelation 21. Uh, 1 through 3. 21. This is where it's applied in the NT. All right. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. And of course, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word mishkan mm. for tabernacle means a dwelling mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. Yep. So the point of Ezekiel is about where does God live, the, mm. the dwelling place of God, and where will God dwell, and what kind of temple will God dwell in, what kind of people will God dwell yeah. among. That's what his book of Ezekiel is yeah. about. Which there's, I mean, if you're looking for 
like hands-on or very visual examples of that lesson. Ezekiel's chock full of them. <laughs> it is, but when you realize the theme, yeah, then you can see how the little visions fit into that theme. It's not arranged chronologically, it's arranged thematically. Yeah. So you may sit there and wonder, why does he have to lie on his side for all that amount of time? But yeah. the point is the same. Yeah, don't get lost in the small things. Yeah. How does that picture of Ezekiel play an army in the dirt, the destruction of Jerusalem, <laughs> how does it fill, fit into this theme? Yeah. I'm destroying you because I can't live with you anymore. Yeah. And, and like we pointed out, and you may have more questions and more things about it, but Ezekiel draws very strong imagery from Genesis, and then it's repeated again in Revelation. Big so time. It kind of covers the whole thing. Ezekiel saw that wheel. <laughs> we'll see you next time. I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> okay. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.